For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Know a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting. It is us, those weekend golf guys. Uh, happy Christmas, Merry New Year, uh, Happy Hanukkah. Hanukkah's done, isn't it? I think so. I think so. Uh, but I hope hope you had an enjoyable one. If that is what you were celebrating, Kwanzaa, I don't care. Whatever it is you're celebrating, I hope you really, 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 really enjoy it. And if it's a present giving occasion, I hope you get everything you wanted. And I want to know when the golf holiday is. That's what I want to know. Uh, it starts on Masters Week, doesn't it? And goes forever. <laughs> I think something like that. I think it goes 365 days beginning that day. We are is that the deal? We are celebrating uh, 2020, um, reliving 2020, although it's not really a year anybody wants to relive. I was going to say, I think the show's about over now, isn't it? <laughs> we're, doing, we're doing our top three, revisiting the top three episodes of 2020. Last week, we did episode number three. This week, it's episode number two, Short Game Shortcomings. Uh, Jeff Smith, of course, John Ashton, that is me. James Hong, another great instructor from New York, is joining us. Jeff has this great thing he taught me called a, a hinge and thump shot. Oh, it's a great shot. Do you have a, a go-to shot james for uh for for chipping and pitching yeah it's called pick up and throw <laughs> <laughs> love it that's those 20 handicappers out going look picks <laughs> it up scoops it up did, throws I, it on the green i did know somebody that taught me once how to actually swing a club with another ball in my hand <laughs> so, so that you could let the ball fly and make it look like you would just hit it with the club pull that one off in the bunker with the high lip and everybody's on the other side of the green they can't see it that's right <laughs> it's, it's a great shot to have in your repertoire i'm telling you know you. what i think you really need to take with you john you need to take take a really short guy out there with you and you can stand there and swing and he just throws, <laughs> throws it out, out. Swing, right that's what you need yeah, just help a can- shot john. <laughs> extra short guys who make a lot of extra money caddying if they could do stuff like that. But uh, but Jeff shares his inimitable wisdom, um, not only with the hinge and thump shot, but with other shots that will uh, save you. I think we did the math during the show here. Six to ten strokes on an 18-hole round as long as you do the, the stuff that Jeff recommends. Yeah, six to ten. Isn't that kind of like the thought when people go, "Well, how many years are you going to get for this?" Twenty. <laughs> Twenty to life. That's what we're looking at. Twenty to life. All right. So uh, check it out. The second most popular show for those weekend golf guys all year. Short game shortcomings. Enjoy. So I have a friend with a house on a golf course, and he lives in mortal fear every day of somebody breaking a window. And I said, man, that's that's the least of your worries. He said, well, what are you talking about? I said, well, you know about home title theft? He said, uh, what's that? 
And I said, man, the FBI says it's it's like growing by leaps and bounds. Cybercrime itself is up by 75%, and home title theft is one of those. Cybercriminals find the title to your home online. They forge your signature on a quit claim deed. Then they refile as the new owner of your home, and you're off the title. Then they take out loans against your home, and they steal the cash. They stick you with the payments. They destroy your credit, and you probably don't even know about it until you start getting late payments or a foreclosure notice. That's what you should be afraid of. But you can fix it. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you've already been a victim. Then use code RADIO and get 30 free days of protection. That's code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com. You've heard about HelloFresh, right? Well, I finally subscribed. Got my first box last week. It's a great value. You know, you can save 40% when you use HelloFresh versus shopping at the grocery store. Well, that cuts out the stressful meal planning and the grocery store trips. I can enjoy cooking now and get dinner in the table in about 30 minutes. And you do walk to the table with a bit of a swagger when you've cooked something like chicken over uh, garlic parmesan spaghetti. By skipping the grocery store and using HelloFresh, you know you can reduce your food waste by at least 25%. And also, you can give back. HelloFresh has donated over three and a half million meals so far in 2020. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Weekend90 right now and use the code Weekend90. You will get $90 off, including free shipping on your box. HelloFresh.com slash Weekend90. Use the code Weekend90 and you're going to eat good. HelloFresh.com slash Weekend90. And thanks for hanging. We are those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton in studio. He is Jeff Smith, the golf cave, Edinburgh, Indiana's Timbergate Golf Course. Jeff, you have been uh, busily working already this weekend, and you've got uh, some short game lessons you've been giving out. You know, short game the being the tough, toughest part for most of us, man. Well, I think it's because it requires a couple things. It requires your willingness to think that it's something more than just, a, oh, it's an easy shot because I don't have to hit it very far, therefore I won't go practice it because that happens. It does. I don't, I don't need chipping. That, it's, that's nothing, right? I just give me the help with the driver. We're good to go. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I see that. It is the easiest thing to talk about is to send people to practice some short game stuff. So you know what I do is I give them some challenges. And I give them some things that are common shots off of a tight lie, a medium lie, and a fluffy lie, and then a thick, dense lie. Mm-hmm. And then I say, okay, let's go hit five of each. And then I say, here, we're going to get this all within five feet. And next thing you know, the short game shots are not so easy to those people. And I've what I've just done is I've said, we're going to hit 20 shots to test. Five shots, each scenario, all common shots, you know, the ones that you frequently see on the golf course. And then when they can't get a bunch of them or many or any uh, inside of five feet, I look at them and go, I thought you said this was the easy part of the game. <laughs> Based on how many greens you're missing, don't you want to get it up and down? You must just be having a bad day, buddy. <laughs> no, I'm not. Really, I kind of go that way. It's just all a matter of the mood that I'm in when I say I know. it. <laughs> but, you know, see, that's the thing is that people think certain parts of the game are easy. Therefore, they won't practice it. And mm-hmm. then they're not so easy. But they all think that, well, the short game, you know, it's a short little shot. I Come on, anybody can do that. You're right. Anybody can do that because it doesn't require strength. But it does require finesse and talent. Yeah. So anything inside of 50 yards, I defy anybody to tell me that any human being in the world 
can't get great at it because it really doesn't require a lot of strength. Now, okay, there's the scenario where it's 10 feet off the green or 10 yards off the green or 20 yards off the green, but it's in the hay Mm -hmm. and it requires some strength there. All right, I'll give you that, that one. Sure. But for the most part, it really doesn't require that much strength. It requires the club landing in the right spot, right below the ball, mm-hmm. using the sole plate of the club and catching it cleanly and making sure that you've got the right club in your hand. And did you come in shallow or did you come in steep to tell the ball to go up or to go farther, you know, to spin more or less? It requires some finesse. So I go through this challenge with people when they say stuff like that to me. And then I ask them again, what's more effective for your score? And how are we going to break 80? You know, cause everybody that wants that, right? They mm-hmm. all come out and say, man, I, I feel like I'm right on the cusp. I'm, I just need to hit the ball a little better. And the truth is, is they need to putt it a lot better. Exactly. And they need to chip and pitch it a whole lot better mm-hmm. because they could hit the ball just a little bit better and improve those other areas and drop four or five shots. But just because they struck it better didn't mean that they're going to score lower because they're still going to miss greens. And they're still going to mess it up from there. So we go through different things, right? Just this morning, I had a guy out, a young kid, lefty. And uh, he's 20 some odd years old, brand new to the golf. And said, I want to learn how to play this game, but I don't want to go about it in a way that's going to take me forever. Can you help me? And I sat him down in the first hour. We said, sure, here's how, here's the plan. So we talked about in striking a golf ball to move it wherever it was hand placement, you know, his grip. Mm Mm-hmm because of what it meant to his arms and how he's going to flow. And we did all these tests on him to say, okay, here's, here's how you're going to do this. And then I gave him some short game shots and we went out and practiced them. And he came back this morning and he started really early this morning. He showed up and hit his short game shots. And then I showed him how his hands and arms were working together, how they were moving the club, how they were getting the club face down to the bottom of the ball. All these things were simple. And you'd look at this talented young kid and he barely played any golf. And all I did was put his hands on it in a way that worked. Mm-hmm. Talk to him about the bottom of the arc of the swing, how to thump the ground with the sole plate and put that right underneath the golf ball. And he's hitting beautiful shots. You wouldn't know that from inside 20 yards, he wasn't 10 handicapper or better. And that's basically because he didn't start with any preconceived notions about how easy it should be. He just wanted to learn how to do it right from the get go. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I started him with the medium rough lie, right? Okay. Something where he could get the club below it, mm-hmm. see some instant success. His brain could see that. And then we went, oddly enough, we went to the taller rough. And he saw that if you put a little bit more effort into the shot and that he moved the ball a little bit more forward to get the height because he understood if I swing harder, the ball's going to go farther unless I add more loft. Mm-hmm. And then I told him about don't be turning your club face, you know, because when you're swinging harder and you turn your club face open – you could come up with some really bad stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah like and so he, he taking out he some of that. your playing partners. I don't, I don't always hit my sandwich 170 yards, but when I do, <laughs> it's, it. it's out of a greenside bunker. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. So right. We, we went to the thicker, heavier rough, right? Nothing painful. And then he learned that that could work. And then I talked to him about going a little bit softer. And then we went on to the fairway and he pitched it from there. And he thought, well, this is golf is easy. So I taught him a shot that most people think is easy and then they never practice and then it winds up being hard. And I started with that. And then, so I worked with that again this morning and then we went to putting. So we went from basically pitch shots to chip shots to putting. And so in two sessions, this guy has just learned about scoring 
and I'm not going to keep him at that very long, but I think lesson number three, he's, he wants to come for five and want me to introduce him to, to all things. But I think in lesson number three, we'll start with getting it up and down so that I can impress upon him scoring. Scoring because, being, I mean, if you can't score well, because like, like you say, a, a lot of us can hit the ball, yeah. but when it comes time to get down to the brass tacks, the scoring part, the short game, the pitches, the chips, the putts, we are woefully short. I mean, you can, you can lip out a three foot putt and it's still going to cost you the same amount of strokes that hitting the ball into the rough and taking an extra shot to get to the green would, would, would give you. So it, it becomes a much smaller, uh, uh, the word escapes me. You, it's okay. You're a wordsmith guy. Yeah. 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 Radio wordsmith. Guy. Meet Jeff Smith. Um, <laughs> we've got, uh, you know, you just, the, the, the area that you can screw it up in is much smaller, but the chances of you screwing it up increase when you dramatically, get, you get, when you get too closer to the hole. Who, who needs to learn how to chip better is most of us, because how many have said, and I quote at least once in a round, well, at least I'm pin high. Yeah. Okay. That's right. I, I might not be on the green, but I got it there. Yeah. I'm still 40 yards to the right, but at least I'm pin high. That's right. Um, and then Which means you're man enough to get it there in two shots. Right. But when, yeah, so distance is not a problem. Accuracy, that's a problem. Well, interestingly enough, right, when you say that, there's a lot of people who actually have enough club head speed to play the kind of golf they want to play right now. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't have accurate delivery of the face of the club. Yeah. Very well. Yeah. And so their ball goes all over the place. Yeah. Which means they really need a great short game because they're going to need it. Yeah. Exactly. And one are going to have to use it all the time. One of the things, I mean, you have always, always preached when you're learning to play the game, start at the green and work your way backwards. I have because I, I rarely get to choose that for the student. Because the student usually says to me, I, I want to hit the ball straighter. I want to hit the ball farther. And that to me is golf. Yeah. Right. right. My second lesson of this morning is, is a guy who will come to the studio. He is under control of his golf ball, but for him, it's only a contact issue. And what does it feel like at impact? So he doesn't even want to work on the launch monitor and see the flight because he knows his flight. Okay. So he's not worried about whether the launch monitor tells him that or not. He is coming into the studio to take away flight gotcha. so that he can focus solely on contact. Okay. So it's less about his technique and his flight. It's about what he feels and how he sets himself up and how does he get his club right down to where it has to get to to make the best, cleanest contact. Yeah. So in that, he is a guy who loves to come – and and. Yes, he likes the air-conditioned studio, too. Um, <laughs> Listen, but the there's one is, thing. We're going to take a quick break here in a minute, but there's, there's one thing I want you to think about because it's something that I know it's hard for you to answer because the, the best answer is, well, it depends. But <laughs> You've heard me enough, haven't but you? But generically speaking, we all carry multiple wedges in our bag. We probably use one of them better than the others because we're more comfortable with it. But we just need to set out some scenarios when we come back to determine what wedge for what condition and what you want to accomplish because sometimes we're using the wrong club for the right shot, etc. So think on that. Give yourself a few minutes to tell me an answer other than it depends. And we'll be right back. We are those weekend golf guys. More short game stuff coming up. Don't you move.
There are a bunch of things that can negatively affect your performance on the golf course. You know, there's those nagging pains, the shoulder pain, elbow pain, wrist pain, even back pain, that kind of stuff. They're just nagging and, and they can negatively affect how well you move. But something else is the anxiety, the nervousness, especially, you know, people watching you get a little uptight. Getting uptight is the worst thing for your golf game. So you can lose the first tee jitters and you can get on the level of performance you deserve. Well-being starts with well-care. You need to use the code WEEKEND for 20% off your first purchase. Visit wellcarebotanicals.com. That's wellcarebotanicals.com. Or you can call 888-211-2011. You've got problems with aches. You've got problems with pains. Or more like me, you've got problems with first T jitters and anxiety. Wellcarebotanicals.com. Use code WEEKEND. Or call 888-211-2011. Stunning. You don't have to hit a shot to fall in love with the Pete Dye and Donald Ross courses at French Lake Resort. Our hotel and golf packages are the way to go. Add the casino and spas and it's a road trip for the memory book. Safely get back to the game you love with one of the packages found online at FrenchLick.com. Legendary golf at French Lake Resort. A breath of fresh air. Must be 21 to enter casino. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. There's a story I heard at the club I was playing golf at last week. A guy, he was out there having a great time playing 18 holes. While he was doing that, his house was being stolen. Now, not like, you know, jacked up off the foundation and being driven down the road. It was much more subtle than that. It was all done online because cyber criminals can do that now. They can go online and find the title to your home. It is there online. Then they forge your signature on a quit claim deed and they refile as the new owner of your home. You are off the title. They destroy you. They take out loans against your home. They steal the cash. They stick you with the payments. And you probably don't even know it until you start getting late payments or even foreclosure notice. Okay, so here's what you need to do right now. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim. Then use code radio for 30 days free protection. That's code radio, hometitlelock.com, and get 30 free days of protection. Hometitlelock.com, code radio. Hey, thanks for hanging. We're back, those weekend golf guys. John Ashton here, Jeff Smith there. Wedges, I have yeah. what, counting the pitching wedge, I have four of them in my bag. Most of us do. I do, yes. Got pitching wedge, sand wedge, gap wedge, and a lob wedge. All of them do different things. They do. Different how, tools. How do you determine which wedge to use when? I'm going to avoid the words, it depends. Thank you. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to assess the situation. What's my lie? Do I have to fight through grass behind it? Is the ball sitting up in the grass, down in the grass, way down in the grass? Do I have to fight through grass in front of it? How much speed do I need to get it out of that grass? How high do I need this ball to fly? How far do I need this ball to fly? What do I need the ball to do at the when it lands? Do I need it to sit down? Do I need it to trickle out? Do I need to bounce and roll out? So given the different situations, I will make my choice. Mm -hmm. How's that for not saying it depends? Well, that's great. But, you know, the translation of what you just said is it depends. <laughs> <laughs> but now we just need to know, you know, just tell us what you would do club versus vis-a-vis -vis condition. So here we are. Let's say I've got a thick, rough lie, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to have to fight down at the bottom 
put some extra effort into the shot because the grass is going to slow my ball down, right? Let's yeah. say it's we we painted the picture. It's after a rain. So the grass is thicker. Right. Well, not thicker, but more dense. There's more moisture in it. Sure. Already. Harder to get through. So that means I need more speed. Mm-hmm. And chances are I need it to be a little steeper so it doesn't grab it quite so much. And if I need it to be a little steeper and I need more speed to to get it down to the bottom of this golf ball, I'd better add a lot of loft. Okay. Because if I'm swinging harder and I don't add loft, this ball's just coming out hot. Mm-hmm. That's a tough combination. Yeah. So I got to launch the ball higher. So I'm going to put the ball more forward in my swing. Yes, John, forward, not back. Mm-hmm. Lots of people go, oh, I got to get down to the bottom of this. I'd better, and I got to come in steep. I better put it in the back. Wait a second. If I do that, the club is now angled more down. Mm-hmm. And moving more down, you there less, isn't anything about that that says up. That's yeah, two downs. Delofted the club. Yeah. So that ball's not going to leap up in the air at all, is it? No. And it doesn't even mean that the club got to the bottom of its arc, which means the mass of the club that's on the bottom of the club didn't even get below the golf ball. It got kind of toward the back side of the golf ball and launched it more forward. Mm-hmm. Not helping. Yeah. So I'm going to put the ball like about where my left hip joint is, about mid collarbone. Mm-hmm. Almost to the armpit. So it's like a three wood position. Okay. And I'm going to go down steep at this and I'm going to get my bottom of my club on the arc of that swing to be bottoming out right below it. So I come in steep. So I'm ripping through the grass behind it, but yet I still got a lot of loft on the head because yeah. I chose a sand wedge or a lob wedge to do that with. Mm-hmm. So it tosses the ball straight up into the air over the grass in front and over the bunker or however much it is. Right. And then it flies high, lands softly, bounces and trickles out. So that's a shot. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even open up the face. Yeah, because I don't need to. Yeah, you, you should not have to. If you have the four wedges, you should not have to manipulate when you use them. They're, they're all there for particular reasons. You know, and, and everybody asked me, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. We, we, we see all the pros and they do that. Well, a lot of these guys are not carrying the same wedges. And certainly they grind the back of theirs off a whole lot differently than the ones we're playing. Definitely, yeah. Yep. You know, so they can change the angles of their clubs a little bit differently without the same risk that we have. Right. But as soon as you flip a club face open, you, you do have the leading edge going up, but you also have the top of the club laying back down. So you lose the height of the face of the club. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I got a lot of guys that go through this and the ball be halfway sitting up in the rough and they'll go, Oh, I got to do this. And they f- take their 56 degree club or something. They flip it open. And next thing you know, this thing's like a 62 or 63 degree club, and yet it doesn't have a very tall face now. And they just slice right underneath it. Yep. And the ball sits down the rough, and they whiff it, and they just kind of look at me, and I'm like, I would have done that differently. <laughs> you know, I had a hot shot young player do that. Um, he uh, he came to me, and he said, my short game's bad. Here's the shots I like to play. I said, okay. I said, so what I did is I took him to the worst lies possible and said, how are we playing these shots? And I had about five lies that were just awful and he couldn't get any of them to advance to the green. Mm-hmm. They were all just muffed, just whiffed it underneath him, chunked him, did all kinds of nasty stuff. And he's a good player, mm-hmm. but his choices. So were a lot of opening the face, a lot of put the ball back in the stance mm-hmm. and he showed me the way he likes to play him. So I gave him shots that just weren't going to work that way. So I could open up his mind to say, look, there's other ways of being successful here. So I showed him the shot I just described out of the nasty lie, I hit mine about 20 yards to two feet. He hit his about two feet to 20 yards. (laughs) (laughs) 
So <laughs> been there. <you> know. <laughs> Got that t-shirt already. <laughs> so the point was, is when we're talking about wedge play and we're talking about different things around, you have to be adaptable. Mm-hmm. You have to be willing to pick a different club, to pick a different shot, to find out what's really going to happen from club to ball, to, to get it in the air, to do what you need it to do. And you can't think about styles. You have to think about function. So here I am talking about getting a club to the bottom of a golf ball with a tall face, but plenty of loft on it. And it pops it up into the air. And all of a sudden I showed him that shot and he looked at me like, wait a minute. I don't see anybody doing that on TV. Like, so <laughs> you just saw me hit it to two feet. Mm-hmm. Do you need it to be televised? Cause we could get a camera out and put it on tripod. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> if, if that's where you really had to see that. And he yeah. looked at me like, no, I said, okay, so try a few. And next thing you know, he could hit that shot. And he looked at me like, I never knew that anything different was possible than just opening up the face. Well, you know, the other thing too about opening up the face, because I've seen a lot of people that I play with do it because like you say, that that kid said, that's how they see it on TV. Mm -hmm. But you got to keep in mind that when you watch the guy on TV, open up the face and hit the, the pitch shot, it's not the first time in three weeks that he's taken that shot like it is with you. It's the first time maybe since he got off the practice tee today that he's taken that shot. Okay. I just want to point that out. Yeah. There is that level of, of repeated doing things. Yeah. I'm not going to mention the word, John. I'll save you. Thank you. Thank you very much. This repeated of performing an action Mm -hmm. over and over and over again Mm -hmm. proves the point that you can do it that way. But if you don't repeat it that often, then you have no evidence nor even a personal belief at the moment that you're going to do that, that it's actually going to work. Yeah. You have to be able to know how to do it. You need to know Mm -hmm. what you're doing and how to do it because there's something, and and I'm going to bring this, that leads to me to a a question I have always had and never had the guts to ask because it's a stupid shot. Um, And I never do it on purpose, although some, some, some people do. But a lot of times, here's a scenario. You're in some thick stuff close to the green. Yeah. Let's say maybe five yards off the green. And the rough is really thick. You take sand wedge, because that's that's the wedge I'm most comfortable with and use most often. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I just, for some reason, I just feel comfortable with it. And I, I swing, but at the bottom of the swing, just as the club hits the, the ball, it also makes contact with like a clump of dirt or something that basically stops the movement of the club. Right. But the mm-hmm. ball flies up and reacts well. Mm-hmm. And it's like, boy, if I could do that on purpose, it would be great. Yeah, nice timing. Yeah. I um, mean, the but club stopping right at the perfect time when it struck the ball, right? But that's just basically serendipity, right? I mean, that, that's or just, luck. Yeah. You can't, you can't really um, plan on doing that. And that's not really something you should practice, correct? No, essentially what you just said is I'm going to stick this club into the ground right below my ball and stab at it. I'm not sure that I would make that attempt on any regular basis. Yeah. But I am saying that could work on some shots. It could. Like you said, it's thick, it's dense. Yeah. At some point when your club comes ripping through that grass, it sort of gathers up some of that grass. Mm -hmm. And then there's this clump of grass so to speak stuff that just finally got your club to stop yeah good thing it happened right at impact and not just before yeah oh it's also happened just before <laughs> yeah. and many of and us then it's have, not so fun yeah right? and we have seen that you know so like you say you're now bad luck instead of five yards off the green you're four and a half 
<laughs> exactly right. And, like, well, and one more shot down. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. <laughs> Not to mention the embarrassment factor. Yeah. So, or depending on who you play with, whatever it is that they're about to say is coming your way. And I hate to say this <laughs> um, because it's something that I, I have basically fought against for years. Uh, but when it comes to being able to know what the scenario is, what the shot condition is, or what the lie condition is, and dictating what wedge you should use for that, you have to do it. And you have to do it more than a couple times around and try to remember for next time. You need to actually put yourself in that position. You need to go to a Jeff who says, yeah, you think you're good at this? Here, hit this shot. And um, and put yourself in different scenarios that you find yourself in a lot in the course of a round that give you trouble. And, and find out how to get out of it. And and repeat that action. And repeat it over doing, and over and over again. Some we're might, doing a great job avoiding that word, Mr. Some Iverson. might use the word practice. Oh, you had to say it. I won't. <laughs> I can't believe you said it. It hurt you to do it, didn't it? It does. It does. <laughs> but uh, How about let's just call it recreation. Repeated recreation. There you go. Somewhat of a cha- like a skills challenge. Yes. That you continue to do over and over so you could perform better. That said skill when it was time to do it. There you go. Yeah. And, you know, learn how to use them. Because I've I've played with people, they have a brand new set of wedges, and they have no idea how to use them. They have no idea which one to use, how to swing. Um, In fact, I've got one one guy I play with now who's so disenchanted (laughs) with his wedge game. He's like, I have no idea where this is going to go. Which means that it's going to be even worse of a result than normal because his confidence level is at zilch. But um, I think we should talk more about this because this is this is a problem everybody has, especially, it is. especially recreational golfers. This is where we lose most because for the most part, our first putt is a chip. So let's talk about it when we come right back. Can we do that? Yep. All right. We are those weekend golf guys. We're going to fix this if it kills us. Hang on. Of course, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash golfguys. We would love it if you were to go there and like us, facebook.com slash golfguys. Hi, this is Neil Michaels, sales manager for those weekend golf guys. You know, as guys, so much of our identity is wrapped up in our hair. That's why when we start noticing the first signs of hair loss, it feels like panic time. No guy is ever ready to go bald, and I speak from experience. The bald spot, the receding hairline, ugh. Thankfully, now there's Keeps, the simple and easy way to keep your hair. Until I started using Keeps, I keeps hair in my sink and I keeps a lot of my hair on the floor. (laughs) Well, Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there. You may have even tried them before, but never for this price. Keeps treatments start at just $10 a month. Plus, for a limited time, you can get your first month free. Keeps treatments usually take four to six months to see results. So what are you waiting for? Go to keeps.com slash golf guys to get your first month of treatment free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash golf guys. I had a girlfriend back in the day who once told me, you know, it's so sexy to have the family jewels smooth with no hair. And then she came at me with a disposable razor, and I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Nothing that sharp gets that close to the boys. And I guess she must have talked to a lot of guys since then, because now it is a fashion statement. And our sponsor, Manscaped, is here to give you a New Year's resolution that you will actually want to keep. 
they have the perfect package 3.0. It is the below-the-waist grooming package that you need to start your new year off strong and right. You come out of quarantine with clean balls, and thanks to the Lawn Mower 3.0, it's a waterproof, skin-safe trimmer that reduces nicks to your two best friends. The third-generation trimmer even has a light, so you can get 20% off plus free shipping if you use the code GOLFGUYS at manscaped.com. 20% off and free shipping with the code GOLFGUYS at manscaped.com. 20% off. That's nothing to sneeze at. With free shipping at manscaped.com, use the code GOLFGUYS. We are those weekend golf guys, and we are single-handed. Well, not single-handedly, because we've got four hands here total. I'm John Ashton with two. He's Jeff Smith with two. And it's his two hands and his mind that uh, will help you, actually, by the time this show is over, be all excited about heading out to the uh, practice tee Wow, your local course. You and know what that is. And repeating some motions over and over again. You must be reading a book about it or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're talking short game, and we're talking the, the the nemesis of most of us recreational golfers is we don't hit very accurate approach shots on a regular basis. So many a time, we're looking anywhere from 10 yards in uh, off a green, and we mm-hmm. need to get the ball close because basically, as I mentioned earlier, what we're looking at is our first putt is a chip. A lot of times that's really true, right? They're off the green by a little bit and you need to loft the ball up and you need to bounce it and roll it a little bit toward the hole. Right. You know, and a lot of people, the first thing they do, you know, like they're, they're, they're that one club wonder, you know, they can do anything with one club. They think, yeah. I wonder why they only carry one club, but that's, yeah, they, know, they bring you know, their yeah. eight iron to, to chip with and pitch with. And yeah. And some people, depending, I, it, this is very generational, John, your generation they're rolling in with that low rolling shot. I call it a low forward instead of a chip and run. Okay. Right. Cause that's what the ball's doing. But at the same time, it's also what your hands are doing. They're remaining low and they're moving forward. Right. The club head is also remaining low and moving forward. So mm-hmm. I call it a low forward just to kind of picture, you know, what we're going to do. Right. And what the ball's going to do. Gotcha. And the other one's kind of a high soft, you know, with the younger generation, the high school kids and college kids, the first thing they do, and they're whipping out of the lob wedge for everything. Mm-hmm. And they want to hit the high soft shot. Mm-hmm. So the club goes high and they go through it softly and the ball flies high and lands softly. So I call it a high soft. So you got two basic shots, but you could do a high soft technique with a lower lofted club and amaze yourself at the trajectory and the rollout that you get. Mm-hmm. And you could even do that low forward motion with a higher lofted club. And you would amaze yourself at the tra- trajectory and the rollout from club to club. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable what you could do with two basic motions and four clubs. One, one of the things I think that we all see, again, it comes from not pulling the club out and, and taking the shot until we're on the course and we need to have that shot. Woefully short because we have no idea how much force to swing with. Uh, how much of an arc to actually make? People- I get that question a lot. How far back should I go? Yeah. How about seven o'clock? Should I go to seven o'clock or eight o'clock or nine o'clock? I get that all the time. The ball doesn't know how far the club traveled back. It no. knows how cleanly it got struck. It knows the angle of the face. It knows the speed and the force that it was hit with. It knows mm-hmm. those things. But isn't how far back determine the speed and the force with which it's hit? It can with some, but how about the guy who goes short back and fast through? How about him? I hate that. How guy. about the Phil Mickelson type, the guy who goes long back and, and slow and smooth and syrupy through? Yeah. I hate that guy so, too. 
<laughs> so you, you just got to understand that there's different ways of going about this. Yeah. There are people who their own natural rhythm is a little bit longer and more flowing and easy and smooth. And we look at that and they're like, oh, look at this guy's syrupy, smooth swing. I'll bet you his short game is like that too. And the guy that's an abrupt pounder, I'll bet you his short game is like that too. Huh. Never thought of it that way. And then the, those of us who, who mix it up because we have no idea what we're doing. That's the yippee guy. Yeah. Oh, sorry, John. We probably <laughs> should talk about that. <laughs> yippee kaye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in that, if there's a position that you're in and you just don't feel right about how you're delivering the club to the landing spot in terms of your rhythm and your tempo, you know what I like to do is I take away a golf ball and I tell people to figure out what they like best. And I just stick a tee in the ground and say, just barely clip the tee. Hmm. So I want you to find your best rhythm method. We're talking about what's their best, best rhythm. Is it a short and burst? Is it a medium or is it a long and flowing? And which one produces the best contact with the tee in the ground? And then I start to say, okay, which one do you have the most confidence in? Which one do you think that you could produce the best, cleanest shots with? And I let them find it. And then once they find that, then we start sticking a golf ball at the bottom of that arc of the swing and then say, okay, here you go. And then the question is, okay, great. This, this rhythm thing feels really good. How do I alter the distance? And I said, well, how about just changing your amount of effort? Keep within that same flow, but just change the amount of effort. And now all of a sudden they're like, oh, now we got it. And that way I gave them something that they could trust something that's more natural. So that way they don't have to try to think their way through it. Should I go back a little shorter? Should I go back a little farther? Like, wait a second, go with the natural flowing rhythm of what you do and you'll find out. And then sometimes the people that still want to have that question answered, I just record them doing it. I just say, you stand back and feel this five shots and you make them the short, medium and long, short, medium and long, give them five, six shots. And I'll just record it and say, here's who you are. And then they can see how far their arms go back on their own. And then their questions are answered. Yes, on the longer ones, they do go further back because they watched it. But the tempo is usually the same. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. That's important. That's the key. Yeah. It, it is. Yeah. Timing Tempo is very tempo. important. Yeah. Because we want people to be good at their short game, which means the landing spot of their club has to be really good. Really, really good. Really good. Yes. And then you can also change it up with using different clubs with different lofts. I mean, if, if, you, if you have the same tempo and the same force with a, a lob wedge as you do with a sand wedge, the lob wedge isn't going to go as far. But it'll go a little higher. Yeah. A little softer. And roll out a little less. Should have some more. Spin I even on. mess around with ball positions and I show people. They're, they're like, well, you showed me all these ones where the ball is slightly forward. Do you ever put it back? I'm like, yep, sure do. Why? I'll put one back just barely back of center. Okay. And these are usually the ones where I want the ball to get struck, fly a little bit lower mm -hmm. and have some extra spin. So they're just getting struck just prior to the bottom of the arc of the swing. So that way I can ensure that it is a cleanly struck shot. But the back of the golf ball is just barely back of center, not trying to move it back of center, like to the right shoulder or the right foot or the right yeah. hip joint. I don't, I don't go that far back. Yeah. And then you watch the guys on TV too, and they're like, they'll, they'll pitch with like their feet together. What's that all about? Comfort. They've okay. liked how they do that. They've perched in a certain place. If they keep their feet together and they keep their ball back 
just barely right of center. They won't ever move back, drift back when they take the club back. Uh Okay, gotcha. But if their feet are wide, you can pivot off that back foot now and drift off the shot. Yeah. And then you have to come back to it. And a lot of times we want to keep the low point of the swing just in front of the golf ball. So it's really helpful to have, oh, the center of gravity or center of mass of our bodies right out in front of the ball. Right there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, a lot of people have, have extolled the virtues and the necessities of keeping your knees kind of flexed. I would agree because people who are rigid don't move well. Mm-hmm. Having some flex in the knees certainly helps the entire body do its thing more athletically. Right. Can you imagine any athlete in any sport that you've ever watched or tried to perform with locked joints? It's not happening. No. Nope. So, yes. Yeah. It's a matter of how much knee flex. For example, if they wanted to flex their lead knee just a little bit more, let's say I'm a right-handed golfer mm-hmm. and I wanted to flex my left knee a little bit more, drive the weight down to the ball of the left foot, guess what I've just done? I've helped me move everything more downhill. Thus, so we do that some in bunkers when we need oh, to do okay. that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. So we, we help ourselves lower the left side, lower the lead side, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So the club is now coming in at a little bit more of a downward blow. There's, there's another question that I guess many of us don't even, don't even know enough to address or don't care enough to address or don't think about enough to address. You know, we use our wedges a lot. As recreational golfers, as we've mentioned, because we don't get close on the green as often as we would like to. How long does it take grooves to wear out to the point where you don't get the spin you deserve on the wedge you're using? Well, am I going to stay away from it? Depends. But let's say that you're a guy who uses his wedge a lot. Mm-hmm. Better replace them a couple times a year. Oh, that could get expensive, man. It could be, but if you're using them well, you'll save money in the shots and make money on the golf course. Pay for your new wedge. <laughs> because they, they, you don't know the cheapskates I play with, man. <laughs> well, in that case, John, find some new guys who are not so cheapskates. Walk, walking right? off 18 with a dollar 32 in your pocket ain't going to get you new wedges very often. <laughs> I didn't even cover the tip. Dollar <laughs> 32. Come on. <laughs> And that's if that's you like win. A, that's like a candy bar and tax. <laughs> I know. <man. laughs> can't, can't even get the refill on the Coke. <laughs> you get the wrong crowd you're playing golf with. Yeah, man. I know. Well, you know, it's safe. <laughs> <laughs> it's safe. Because <laughs> you can only lose a dollar thirty two too, you know. <laughs> I gotta know. Eighteen holes. How's this two cent part coming in? I'm not sure. I got a hard time with the well, I've got a hard time with the change part of this one. And we just don't right? round up. <laughs> Like you working on percentages or something? Oh man. Wow. Or is that just or is that just everybody's emptying their pockets, (laughs) dumping the change into the pocket? You got what I got here. Here you go. Dollar thirty two and all the pocket link you carry. That's right. Exactly. (laughs) We're throwing everything into the cup holder, winner takes all. (laughs) Uh, Which which leads me to the question though, they they wear out. Does sharpening them sharpening them work? It does. Okay. It does. I know cleaning them works wonders. It really does. I wish yeah, someone told me that three years that. ago. <laughs> I'm surprised that you knew you had grooves for the last three years. I think that was a few shows ago where I mentioned the fact yeah. that a wet rag does miracles for you. It does. In a brush. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? It's so, so much. I know they have them. Interestingly enough, they have them They, they usually on, on um, driving ranges, practice facilities. Mm-hmm. I know they have these little boxes. 
on the back of a lot of them. Mm -hmm. And you go dunk your club in there and mm -hmm. they have these little bristles and they clean off your grooves for you. I don't. Oh, I, cool. I'm surprised that you know. I had to mention that a couple <laughs> couple weeks ago, just so you knew what those were. <laughs> we've been we've been making like, it, wow. I just thought those were ashtrays. <laughs> we've been making it a point now to play at golf courses that have taken the ball washer, club washer, and mounted it to the rear fender of the cart. <laughs> that is so convenient. Everybody should really do convenient. that. <laughs> right? Like, wow, that's good. <laughs> They have a cooler on the other side. You, <laughs> exactly. You notice, you notice that? You got everything taken care of, man. <laughs> <laughs> you do. Oh, so wow. I was I was working with a guy mm -hmm. about his short game. Okay. And I told him, and this is this is something that here you are extolling the virtues of golf carts, and I'm going to extol the virtues of not riding in one for the purposes of having a better short game okay. and being more aware of the slopes on the greens. Because you can see it as you approach. You can see it as you walk up. Mm -hmm. But golf cart riders never have that advantage. Mm -hmm. They're not paying attention. They're being whipped all over the guy, the guy in the passenger seat. He's got the leg up. He's got these braces. He's, he's grabbing the handle up there. We call it the OS handle, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, surely hang on here for your life. Right. That's it. And, you know, he's got that going. And the, and the, the other guy, the guy driving, he's out there trying to play like he's driving a fast four wheeler. <laughs> Next thing you know, they're whipping around those curvy cart paths and slamming on the brakes mm -hmm. and, and nobody paid attention. No. to the green and the, and the scenario around there. And then they get out and they're walking down from the back of the hill from behind the green or from the side or wherever it is. And they don't have any clue of what this green's really going to do. No. And then they're not even paying attention to the, the terrain that they're walking on. No. I mean, that's Cause the passenger, he's still half car sick by the time he gets there, <laughs> you know, he's stumbling out of the cart. This is a pet peeve. And maybe we should do a show, an entire show on pet peeves. Oh, um, we could do a mud for that. <laughs> this, but this is one of mine is most of us. And I, I'm, I berate myself for doing it too, but most of us don't even begin to consider the shot in front of us until we get to the ball. You That's really it. berate yourself. Bef do you do it before the shot? Or yeah. do you just wait and berate yourself for not doing it after the shot? Well, you know, when, when the shot goes awry and I say, man, <laughs> if you had just thought about <laughs> that, you would have known what you were going to do, you know? <laughs> but again, yeah. that's a pet peeve, and it's a topic for another day. Uh, hang out with us. we got a few minutes left yet together. We are those weekend golf guys. Hi, this is Neil Michaels, sales manager for those weekend golf guys. You know, as guys, so much of our identity is wrapped up in our hair. That's why when we start noticing the first signs of hair loss, it feels like panic time. No guy is ever ready to go bald, and I speak from experience. The bald spot, the receding hairline, ugh. Thankfully, now there's Keeps, the simple and easy way to keep your hair. Until I started using Keeps, I keeps hair in my sink, and I keeps a lot of my hair on the floor. Well, Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there. You may have even tried them before, but never for this price. Keeps treatments start at just $10 a month. Plus, for a limited time, you can get your first month free. Keeps treatments usually take four to six months to see results. So what are you waiting for? Go to Keeps.com slash golfguys to get your first month of treatment free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash golf guys. And 
We are those weekend golf guys. John Ashton along with Jeff Smith. James Hong has been uh, our guest here too. Just all in all, James, uh, any any arguments with anything that Jeff has said? Is is he actually the guy? I know you guys are really tight friends. So is he actually the guy we should listen to here? Oh, geez, don't start now. <laughs> don't ask him that. It's like the loaded question of all loaded questions. You invited him. <laughs> the payment arrived. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> He is the person to listen to. <laughs> I've asked him this question many times. I'll ask you, James, why, why is short game so tough for amateurs? I think a lot of it is because people don't want to practice it. It seems like it's such an easy shot, right? Oh, it doesn't have to go very far. It's just right over there. I can just do that. Yeah. And then they never practice it. And then all of a sudden their touch is gone. Their nerves kick in. You know, the, their cheeks start to tighten up a little bit. You know, not necessarily the ones in their face, but yeah, the yeah. Um, you know, then their hands tighten up and they get a little jabby and stabby when they're just a little bit nervous. It always seems to show up in the short game. You know, if they're playing with their buddies for a buck or ten, or you know, James, what do you think about why why people don't uh, really do much in the short game? Why do you think they screw it all up? Yeah, I think it's that. I think it's also they think it's boring to practice. And and the other thing is, is some of them actually have a false sense of reality. Some of them actually think they're really good. I mean, <laughs> it's it, it's it happens all the time. Where where when, when you're talking to a student, so, so how's your short game? It's like, or how's your putting? Like, oh, I've been putting really good. I've been putting really good. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, like I two putt almost every hole when in reality, they probably, you know, that's from it's like not, not even close to what they did, but their math is off again, just <laughs> like the 210 yard guy. But why do you think I like this guy? Cause he understands. He says things the same way. Right? <laughs> yeah. their, their math is off <laughs> and they get this false sense of reality. <laughs> James, you ever tell your students, look them in the eye and say, you have a false sense of reality? Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> <clears throat> and do they come back for a second time? They'll come back. They start laughing because they, they see the smile on my face. And right. I tell them, like, when I say that to them, I don't say you have. I say all of you have a false sense of reality. Yeah, so. right. Yeah. Like, let's say that you picked someone, say, that, that you know, you're given a clinic and there's this older fellow with glasses and a mustache. Mm-hmm. And you're pointing directly at him when you say all of you. Do you do that? Yeah, you know what? I'll do it my way where I'll I'll look I'll look directly at the person or walk right up to them, but I'll say, I don't want I don't want to mention any names, but <laughs> yeah, no thanks. names here. <laughs> yeah. And nobody knows what you're actually doing. We appreciate that. All right, listen, have yourself a great holiday uh, season and uh, tune in again next week when we have the number one most popular show of the year 2020. For all of us here at Those Weekend Golf Guys, I hope you have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And if you get a chance, hey, go play some golf.